0: Hey guys, it's Matt. This episode of Table 40 is presented by the Increase Discipleship Handbook. Have you got your copy yet? It's available at theincrease.com and is a great resource to help you along your faith journey. Pro athletes and others, including Leslie and I, are going through this handbook over the next few months. You can get your copy right now at theincrease.com. I know it'll help you in your spiritual journey. Hey, what's up guys welcome back to another episode of the table 40 podcast and this week uh we will continue to dive into this discipleship handbook uh this week we are going to look at the new identity of the increase and talking about what's next when you become a christian and um, what that looks like after you give uh your heart to jesus and so we want to jump right in
1: yeah i think when we look at the page uh we're on we're on chapter six page 36. Um, and let's, if you have your discipleship, handbook I mean, I'm in such teacher mode right now. I'm about to say, let's read together. So we had Bible study last night and I'm just like in the zone here. Reed stayed home from school. We did a little homework. So I am a, a teacher right now. So come with me. It says, when we come to Jesus in trust and surrender, the Bible says that you're a new creation with a new heart and a new identity. Um, where your heart was once unresponsive to God, it is now responsive and alive to him. Where you were once alienated from God as an orphan, you are now born of God into his family and with him, your perfect father and other believers as your spiritual family. So there's a lot there. And these are the things that we're going to talk about over the next couple minutes. minutes um, when we get to spend time together and, and with the people that are going through this discipleship handbook with us. And and I think that it's very important to understand that when we discuss the new identity of the increase here in chapter six, we have to acknowledge that when we come to Jesus, we trust and surrender. Um, And when we do that, the Bible says we are a new creation, we have a new heart, and we have a new identity. And I think that it's very, very important, Matt, that uh, we realize that or we need to let me let me rephrase it that we need to reevaluate if we think that being a good person equates being saved we're wrong and and i'm going on a, a i had a weird experience not too long ago to where i had this conversation it was a woman that was a little older than me and and she just sort of left out the part of the story like being a christ follower means trusting and surrendering your life to jesus and i i think maybe it's where we're from i don't know that like if you if you are if you go to church like everyone's a believer i don't know but i think it's so important that um we really evaluate our hearts and and we really have to ask ourselves the question have we trusted jesus with our life have we surrendered like have we surrendered to jesus christ as our lord and as our savior and i think that um gosh, before we get started, that's just an incredibly important question for all of us to ask in the privacy of our own space. Like, have we trusted Jesus? Um, Have we surrendered our life to Christ? So I don't know about you, but I mean, I kind of went off the rails there, but I've been thinking a lot about that conversation and it really kind of bothered. Well,
0: I think when you talk about uh, I'm a good person, when people say that, like compared to what? Mm -hmm. Like the whole, like I'm a good person or they're good people or like, but what is that compared to? Mm-hmm. And so, like, compared to your neighbor, compared to like Jeffrey Dahmer, compared <laughs> to like who are you comparing yourself to? Because I think, um, like we talk about, like, when you look at your heart, like we all need a savior, like we're all sinful and your sins might not be as big in your mind as as other people or or whatever. But I think if you read the scriptures, God looks at sin different than we we try to interpret sin that's right and so um you know we talk about you know the difference of being trying to be a good person and giving your life to christ like there's there's a big difference there and um so i again i when people say good person i always take that with a grain of salt and that will what's what what's the what's the measure
1: yeah that's right that's right. And it just kind of it kind of rattled me a little bit. Obviously, I'm still thinking about it. And but I, I just I just want to encourage you guys. If you have never like placed your full and complete trust in Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior and surrendered your life to him and said, you know what, I'm I'm yours and I trust you um with all that I have and I trust you with all that I am. Um, I just encourage you to stop where you are right now and and do that very thing. And there's not a special prayer that we have to pray in order to, for God to accept us. We don't have to have these fancy words. Um, we just simply say, Lord, here it is. I, I give my life to you. I trust you with my life and and I want to surrender um, my life to Christ. And the Bible says that we become a new creation with a new heart and a new identity. And, uh, man, we should, we should celebrate that that we have this opportunity to have a new heart, um, and a new identity. And scripture actually talks a whole lot about it. Um, one of in the verse that they brought up in a, in a couple the couple verses in Second Corinthians that I think lay it out very clearly that's super encouraging is in Second Corinthians five seventeen and you know what we're gonna start with sixteen because seventeen starts with therefore and you know in the Bible when you when you see therefore you have to say well what was it there for so I feel like <laughs> I feel that's like so we beautiful. have to go to verse 16 we can maybe determine what
0: Minnesota is it sunday school
1: therefore <laughs> yeah so verse 16 we're gonna start there it says so from now on we regard no one from a worldly point of view that we were one we once regarded christ in this way we do no longer and i think what's cool about scripture we're going to keep going here but what's cool about scripture is scripture always acknowledges reality And it puts us on an even even playing field before the cross of Jesus Christ. And it says, look, this is who we once were, but this is who we are now. And so we all did this. We all regarded Christ in this way, but we don't any longer. 17, therefore, if anyone is in Christ, the, um, the new creation has come. The old has gone. The new is here. All this is from God who reconciled us to himself through Christ and gave us a ministry of reconciliation man, I'm just going to keep going because this is so good. good. Verse 19, that God was reconciling the world to himself in Christ, not counting people's sins against them. Thank goodness. And he was committed to us the message of reconciliation. We are therefore, because of everything Jesus has done for us, we are therefore Christ's ambassadors as through God, we're making his appeal through us. That's really cool. Like when you think about it, like we're Christ's ambassadors and all the things that Jesus has done for us because we've surrendered our life to him and we are now like children of God. We are in Christ. Therefore, he is making his appeal through our lives and, and we're ambassadors for Jesus. Um, We implore you on Christ's behalf, be reconciled to God. God made him who had no sin to be sin for um in him, we might become the righteousness of God. There's a lot there and it is a beautiful, a lot. <laughs> Don't you think like when you listen to that, what sorts of things um, do you think about? Because the reflection question that I'm about to ask you, I think we can really think, or we can really reflect on our lives, especially you've been walking with Jesus for a long time. We can absolutely reflect, reflect on our lives when we think about that passage or those couple um, verses of of scripture and the question is is have you seen the transformative power of God in your life what old has gone and what new has come
0: well I think um hopefully a lot but I, I think we when, when it starts with to me like um you hope well I, I hope that the selfishness and and the way you look at your life and what's important to you and um but I, I would say w- when you look at how you structure your life, um, that you hope that to me, I, I hope i'm I'm much less selfish than I used to be. I hope that I'm slow to anger. I hope that i've I've um, I hope that I respond differently than I did before Jesus to things uh, that might set me off before hopefully there's a there's a spirit. That has worked its way through um, through years of, of hopefully um, that it looks different when 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 things that used to set me off or make me mad maybe I I'm able to look at it differently or people that I used to get incredibly frustrated with or not be able to um, sort of that I can see the good in people in a different way. Uh, that 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 is different than than before. Um, that God has changed my outlook on certain things in my life, with with people, um, with with work, with um, family, with parenting, with being a good husband. Um, I think all those things, the outlook on how you see those things, should all be much different. And mm-hmm. how the world, what world says about marriage and about um okay well you know if, you, if if you have a rough patch then then go ahead and get divorced and there's somebody else out there you you know that you were meant for or there's the perfect one um all those things are, are, are such a lie and and now i think you have the eyes to see you have the the mind um to be able to god has given us a mind and a and a, and a spirit that is renewed daily uh that, that can can give you a heavenly I don't know, not perfectly but a, a look on life uh that that is eternal as opposed to um sort of this earthly vision on what should make us happy and 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 all the things that that uh the world or or satan however you want to look at that um it, it says is is what's right as opposed to what god says is right
1: that's good and i think like something i like to think about a lot when i when I read scripture is just information application transformation and so through scripture through the word of God um through the help of the Holy Spirit's guidance we we have this information here and then how do we apply it to our life and how does the power of scripture help transform our lives and and hopefully the lives of others and I think when I look at these couple verses um verse 16 through um 21 i just think about just the beauty and and when i i reflect back on on my story and just sort of the process of how this has happened like i've started to take god at his word and and i started really really believe him that that god um made jesus who had no sin to be sin um so that we might be become the righteousness of god and i started to believe that for myself that that um you know because of what jesus did on the cross i have this responsibility And this opportunity to participate as an ambassador of Christ. And I get to pursue this ministry of reconciliation and man, it has been, it has been such a joy to be able to do that. Like I'm, I'm trying to take that role. That's been assigned to all of us that are, um, have been saved by the blood of Jesus. Um, man, we are the ambassadors of Jesus Christ. And we are to pursue this ministry of reconciliation and help, help like show people the beauty and the joy and the adventure of being a Christ follower and and help promote reconciliation between the creator and the creation. Right. And so I think that, that that's a beautiful thing. And I, I just started to believe what God said. It was true for me as well. And also true for others that, that we get the opportunity to, to do life with. And so, um, again, like we're still on page 36 here, but I, I think it's beautiful what's written at the very bottom when these truths of our new heart and identity are embraced and internalized, we live from a different place just as an orphan adopted into the best earthly family possible lives with a new fundamental identity. So should we live as a beloved child of God? And I think that read that really, really slow and let that sink in and, um, understand that we should live from a place of a chosen, beloved and valued child. We should live from a place of uh of of just like God wanted us and wants to have a relationship with us and chose us and and brought us into the fold, you know? And um we talked about it a couple of weeks ago about how God pursues the lost and brings the lost in. Like when we talked about the lost sheep and the lost son and the lost coin that should have been keys. And so um, I just think we, we have to remember these things whenever we are a little sideways or in a rough patch, we just have to learn to live from our true identity, which is a chosen and beloved and valued child of God. I mean, that's comforting, right?
0: Yeah. And I, I think, I think the, the, the thing is when you're living in that space, the joy and the, the purpose that god gives us and the community that you feel amongst believers and you actually can feel the family of like the community that you have like when we have our bible studies and the community that's created and how it's created this sort of i think people feel great or not you know they, they just feel like they're part of something We're family
1: they're part of our family and
0: i think that that's that's something like that god says like this is this is the way you should go and live and this is the works i have for you and then when you actually when you actually have those actually happen the joy that that takes place i think is is makes it worth it
1: no doubt about it no doubt about it and i and and i think like when i was a little girl i went to this thing it was called chrysalis and it and my i grew up in um the united methodist church in higgins texas and my dad was really a big part of uh, maus and it was really this cool thing but Uh, It was a long, long time ago, but I do remember they had this candlelight service and you were supposed to hold your little candle and you didn't know where you were going. I was honestly, honestly, I was a little concerned to be honest with you, because it was like kind of a weird, creepy vibe at first to where you have your little candle and you're walking into this destination that you have no idea where you're going. But when you walked in, the doors open and all the people that I loved, had their little candles. And I made eye contact with my dad and my mom and and some people in the church that were mentors of mine that drove all the way to the Texas Panhandle to be at this event to support me. And like, as you were talking, that memory is what ran through my head. It's like, I just had, and to me, like as a, as a young gal, I thought, oh my gosh, this must be what heaven's like. Like I open the door and I enter heaven and I see all my people there that are waiting to meet me and waiting to greet me because this is what the family of God looks like. Like this amazing anticipation of, oh man, we get to do this together. We get to experience God together. And there's just a beautiful night of worship. And, and to me, like when I think about the body of Christ and I think about the family of God and I think about what's awaiting for us, um, the the place that Jesus went to create, Those are the thoughts that roll through my mind It's just the beauty of this participation that we can um, we can be Christ ambassadors. We can bring people help help bring people into the family like recruiters. We're recruiters for Christ, Matt, like (laughs) forget Oklahoma State. We're like recruiting for Jesus. But I think how wonderful it must be to walk into heaven someday. And however that thing works, I don't know. I'm not going to make too many assumptions. I have not studied it all that much, but going into heaven someday and just seeing your people. I mean, that's a, that's a beautiful thing. And that's what I think about the closest thing to heaven on this side is Christian community and our brothers and sisters in Christ and gathering around the table and eating and talking about Jesus stuff, not weird Jesus stuff. Awesome. Jesus stuff. Right. Yeah. I mean, we're not debating theological hard things, but just like, man, this is what the Lord is doing in my life. And, and it has produced so much peace and so much joy and so much wonder. And I'm in just all the things that God's doing in my life. And so, all right, as we as we move on to finally page 37 here, and we're not gonna go through all of it, but I do think this chapter is particularly very rich and full of a lot of truths that we really do need to hold as non-negotiables. And I say that a lot, but there's not that many non-negotiables in the Christian faith, but there are definitely some. They're non-negotiables in the Christian faith that you just have to have a really good understanding in order to call yourself a Christ follower. And there's a really good chart on page 37. It's religion versus the gospel. And, and you can go through it on your own. There's a couple that I want to point out. Is, is One is, I obey God in order to get things from God. That's religion. However, the gospel says, I obey in order to get God and that took me a very very long time to shake out in my personal relationship with jesus because it's countercultural to how we normally live even in my best relationships i have amazing parents i have a great relationship with you as my husband i have a great relationship with my kids but i also i think that sometimes if we're really honest this is such a hard thing to understand because normally in all of our even great relationships we obey in order to get things from those that we love approval or or reciprocated love or whatever but what the gospel says is i obey in order to get god so this goes all the way back to the garden to where in order for us to have this beautiful fellowship with our creator obedience is required and and when we don't obey the lord and we don't we don't take seriously the things that he asks of us there is a distance between god in us right i mean jesus obviously made a way for us to go to the lord in our sin but my i just think that obedience obedience cultivates intimacy with god and and we obey in order to be intimate with god versus getting something from god and i think that that is a huge huge uh thing we need to learn in order to walk closely with the lord like not going to manipulate god and so we don't obey in order to get something from god he knows everything right
0: yeah i think that that's and and the same is true that when you do sin or screw up that you're not that god like you know i think that the perception is is that you know if i behave that i get blessings Mm -hmm. or if i don't behave or i screw up or i sin that i'm going to get by lightning. not right, but right, you know, symbolic of when you know behavior equals instead of sort of aspiring to be more like Jesus because of what he's done for us, we you know religion would say you have to to behave to 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 make God happy, so then you get blessings and you don't get you know bad things to happen. Mm-hmm. And I think that that's you know for me, like when you talk about the world's view on religion. You know, it's it's sort of this genie in the bottle sort of look when when God is 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 clearly that's not what what following Jesus looks like.
1: Absolutely. And I just want to challenge us to, for to get out of our unstuck thinking and, and really look at this chart and really say, OK, like, where am I? Where am I jacked up? And I think for many years um, I I struggle with I struggle with approval. I mean, if you've listened to this podcast long enough to know, you know, I do. And so, and I have, and and I've had victory over that. But then, every now and then, I visit that place. But I think religion says I do, therefore I'm accepted, versus what the gospel says I I'm accepted, therefore I do. And I think for a little a little heart like mine that struggled for many many years with approval, um, this to me is like a place of rest and like where I can exhale. When religion says I do, therefore I'm accepted no the gospel says leslie you are accepted by jesus christ because of the cross and all that he's done by faith alone grace alone and christ alone you are his daughter you're accepted therefore go and be an ambassador of jesus and and freely come to me when you trip up and and i'm a good father and you are my girl you know that's a whole different mindset than um i'm gonna do for you do for you do for you lord and then if i do enough then maybe I'm going to be accepted by you, right? I mean, how freeing is that? And and that that helps that unstuck um mentality that oftentimes we get into. And that oftentimes creates this this um imaginary distance between God and us. It's like when we get these things wrong, we feel like, you know what? I'm I'm never going to be enough for the Lord. Well, you are enough because of what Jesus did. You know, you're right. You're never going to be enough, but you're enough because of what Christ did for you on the cross. Right. And so I think that this is so important um, to, to learn this chart and really take it seriously, because I think that it can um, catapult you into this beautiful relationship with, with the Lord. And so as we look through um, Ephesians one, three through 14, I won't read that to you. Um, but it has this in him theme or in Christ theme. And it's just saying, look, your identity is in Christ. And we should meditate on that often. You are in Christ. You're blessed with every spiritual blessing. You're chosen. You're adopted. And I think oftentimes we roll through the adoption thing a little fast. Adoption's beautiful. It's a beautiful like like uh, every single time I watch adoption videos, I ball my eyes out because it's this mom and dad that are flying places to go pursue a child and say, you know what, that one, that one's mine. And I'm going to bring that child into my home. And that child is mine. And I'm going to give that child a last name. And that child is part of our family. And I'm choosing him or her versus our own kids where we just, whatever. No, I'm just teasing. <laughs> they just happen. No, I'm just teasing. They're a blessing from the Lord. But I'm just saying there's just such beauty in, in adoption. And there's beauty in understanding the the depth of adoption that we've been adopted into the family of God, and and learn to get comfortable as a family member of of God. And
0: a lot of times you get they're taking them out of a really bad situation mm-hmm. and bringing them into a new, a much better situation, which I think is somewhat symbolic. Absolutely, I mean, not, all time, not
1: all the time, but, but a lot yeah, of times, yeah. yeah, no doubt, that's very good. That's very very symbolic. But uh, adoption gives us like super deep insights so that we are chosen and, and, and set apart and brought in to the family of God on purpose. And, um, anyway, I just think that that's, I mean, we could even take it farther. Like oftentimes it's babies that are adopted and the babies don't offer anything and they, they don't like earn favor of the parents adopting them. They just are like, Hey, wow, you know, <laughs> Come rescue me and so we should be more like that we should be where well, jesus come get me <laughs> anyway i could go on and on so we'll stop and so um anyway i i think that again like go through these highlights and make them personal for yourself like you're destined for great things you've been redeemed i love the word redeemed and um and they write in here natalie and the team they said you are bought at a costly price with the pl- precious blood of christ um you were in prison and he came to rescue you this rescue didn't cost him a little it cost him a lot it's valuable and i think oftentimes again we like let's think about the depth of the word redeem that it was a costly price and in anything that is costly it carries high value right
0: yeah i mean i think when you're talking about i don't know I, i guess sometimes even watching like the Passionate uh, you know, like to sometimes it's, it's good to see the, the visual of what that actually looked like, the price and the, and the, and the crucifixion of, you know, I think sometimes we kind of just scroll past that Mm -hmm. or we roll past that and, and don't really take the depth of, of, you know, what, what the cost was. And, and I think that that's important that we don't, don't do that.
1: Yeah, no doubt about it. We talked about that a little bit we talked about grace and it was uh, this cheap grace, right? And and they can probably go back and listen to that podcast, but let's not do that. Like, like consider uh, the sacrifice, considered how costly it was for Jesus to stand in your place. The man who had no sin became sin so that we can uh, have the righteousness of God bestowed on us and, and given to us. And I think that, man, don't don't cheapen that. That was A big deal and then that also can help under help you understand your value um as as a man and a woman i have this quote that i i saw the other day and i screenshotted on my phone and i think it's appropriate to share it with you um right now it says oh teach me what it costs thee to make a sinner whole and teach me savior teach me the value of a soul and i think when you think about the word redeemed um That might be something good to think about is just the value of the soul that 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 God and his wisdom and his all knowingness um, valued us enough to to make this sacrifice that cost him everything. Um, I want you to highlight lavish with love and grace. I think that that's something to consider when when you're thinking about your identity and, and how loved and treasured you are like words in, in it's in Ephesians um and it talks about like lavishing us with love and grace not just not just a little bit but like overflowing with love and grace and finally sealed with the holy spirit and guaranteed for eternal life and um, a seal back in in those times uh the picture was just uh, personal ownership and so they would seal a letter they would put the the seal on it and in anyway it it just meant like this belongs to me. And, um, and I I just think that that's, that's really, really a cool thing to think of is that, that we belong to God and um, on purpose. So anyway, all right. It talks about the family of God. We talked about that a little bit earlier. And I do want to ask you this, Matt, because I think this is something that you do really well. And we did talk about it a little bit earlier, but how can you practically live out this area of unity and diversity in the new communal identity you have as a believer? So when we talk about the family of God, I guess like the question I have for you more than anything is um you're on a what I miss most about professional baseball is just the diversity that comes along with the job. And so how do you practically live that out if if someone's working in a in a work environment or a church environment or, or whatever the environment you may be in and it's very diverse and there's barriers culturally, like, how do you, how do you do it well? Like, how do you um, live out unity in, in diverse cultures that that might be barriers that are just hard to understand?
0: You know, I think the one thing for me is, is that being open-minded to other people's backgrounds and, maybe their life experiences being different than yours i mean i think it's all in the presentation of, of how you treat people and talk to people um and how you share the truth right so you don't have to be um accepting of sort of um i don't know i, I think again I, I think that's it's it's how you treat people how you uh, interact with people how you um how you let the spirit live through you, I think, is is something that um, that people are drawn to, and it gives you opportunities to have conversations with people about different things, and you know, you share your your belief in Jesus and, and share the good news of the gospel by earning that right and earning that opportunity by how you treat people and and how you um, honor what they think. I, I think listening and being um open to hearing other people's uh life story and and how they've got to where they are um because everybody has a story. Yeah. And I think that it's important that you respect other people's life experiences um and and I think just letting God, you know, we pray before, you know, let God speak through us and hope that the holy spirit gives us the right things to say if if conversation comes up where you get a chance to talk about what we believe and so i I think that that's been always my strategy in in dealing with people from different walks of life or different countries or you know diverse um, groups of people uh and and then you know it doesn't always have to be that you have a sphere of influence wherever you work or wherever you go it doesn't have to necessarily mean that it's going to be super diverse but um every soul as we talk about is is equally important mm-hmm. and so I I guess that's how I look at it I don't know if that answered your question or not
1: it did answer my question and I just think that uh I love that like bringing humility bringing like purpose and, and intention to conversations that you might have with people that you may not have a whole lot in common with as far as backgrounds and cultures and things like that go but appreciate the diversity of this world and the diversity of stories and and hear people listen to people look them in the eye like hey you're a fellow image bearer and um and and just i think you're so good at that you're so good at listening to to people um i like that about you and maybe it's because i talk so much you just listen naturally because there's no time for yeah maybe i've trained you which has been good for the kingdom of god i'm a helper that's what i'm called to do right all right. Last thing um, I want to close with this, because as we were, we were pray through these podcasts um, before we we get on here with y'all, because it does matter to us that that we do want to be good ambassadors for Jesus. Like uh, we may not say all things perfect and but we really care about you all and, and we care about coming before you with um, with the Holy Spirit leading, you know. And so one thing I thought about when I thought about this new identity of the increase. And in at the beginning of this podcast, we talked about when you come to Jesus and trust and surrender, the Bible says you're a new creation with a new heart and a new identity. Your heart was once unresponsive to God, now he's responsive and alive to him. When you were once alienated from God as an orphan, you are now born of God into his family with him as your perfect father and other believers as your spiritual family. So I have a story about. A dog named Mac. And I thought of Mac as I was preparing for this podcast. And I was thinking about Mac. So we live on some land and kind of out, would you call it country in Stillwater? Country ish in Stillwater. And so um, outside of city limits, but gotcha. not country, country. We're not country, country, but we have some land. And so there's this little black dog named Mac. And he was like lingering in but the Mac woods.
0: gave mac this yeah this is
1: we gave mac this name so it was a stray dog named we named mac and so so the stray dog was lingering around yes were you about to interrupt well i was just
0: going to say we haven't got close enough to the dog we just gave it a random name because the dog won't let us get close
1: yeah so the dog won't let us get close and it's hanging out in the woods and like i would see it every day in the morning and in the evening i would make eye contact from very 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 far away with mac the stray dog and so um anyway so the days went on the days went on and I decided you know what I can't stand this anymore I'm gonna feed this dog and so every day I would go out and I would have a started with pizza started off hot because we had leftover pizza but either way so we go and we give Mac pizza or whatever we have going on in this little bowl up by the front of the property and so Mac I would watch him and he would I knew he saw me I saw him but he was far away in the woods and and then when I would leave, he would walk slowly to the food, gobble up the food, and then leave really fast. He's super skittish. And this went on for a long time. And like when we'd leave town, I was like, hey, you know, my sister-in-law, brother-in-law, I'm like, hey, whatever you do, you need to go feed Mac. And they were they were very faithful to help in this because they love animals, they love dogs. And so they were so faithful to feed Mac in the morning and at night. And so the, the whole thing would go like this: Mac's in the woods, he'd wait for lunch or he'd wait for breakfast and dinner he would scurry over and eat and then scurry back really fast, right? So this went on for a really, really, really long time. Then there was one day where Matt decided to trust and surrender. And I'm God in this story. I'm sure that this is not okay to say, but uh, so I'm Jesus in this story, right? I'm I'm the savior of this story. So anyway, maybe this is why I like the story so much. I don't know. Mm -hmm. Maybe I have a pride issue. Maybe we'll deal with that later in counseling of some sort. But anyway, so one day, when Mac, the You're day the that provider. I'm the provider that I provided this food, I provided this opportunity to come near, draw near, come to the family, come to the family. I'm a consistent provider of of nourishment for you. Like I want to take Invite care you of in. you. I'm inviting you in, Mac. Like let's do this. However, one day we're driving down the road and I see a woman trying to put Mac in her car, and I said, Matt, pull over. That's my dog. Remember? Mm-hmm. And yeah. and so I, I get out of the car and the lady's like, oh, is, is that your dog? Yes, ma'am. That's my dog. And I scoop Mac up and thank goodness he didn't bite me, but he didn't. Like he put his little head on my shoulder and you wouldn't let me put him in the truck because he was so nasty. And y'all, he was so nasty. And so we get him in the back of the truck and I hold Mac. And there was this moment of trust and surrender. Like there she is. That's the girl that has been feeding me for the last however many weeks. And I'm exhausted running wild in these woods and just being afraid of everything. So I'm trusting and I'm surrendering to this nice provider of pizza and whatever else. In food. So Mac snuggles up to me, ticks and all. I'm pretty sure I had mange after this, but whatever. And like I have ticks crawling all over me. Mac has ticks crawling all over him. It is a nasty situation, but that's what Jesus does for us, right? Saves the nasty, brings them in, holds them, right? Like Psalm 40, my favorite gave verse. Gave him a bath. So I get Mac home. I give him a bath. I pick off ticks and I need to send a picture. In fact, I should have this be the picture of the podcast this week. Mac just, like just falls asleep and he is like done and he's saying you know what i'm in i want this new identity as a holiday dog so it even get we can even build this illustration out further i'm allergic to dogs that shed mac sheds unfortunately and so i called josh and jenny matt's brother and sister-in-law they love dogs and we give mac a new family and now Mac is like a holiday dog that swims in the pool, sleeps in their bed. He's got this new identity, homemade dog
0: food, homemade
1: dog food. Like he hit the stinking dog jackpot. But he has this new heart that feels loved and accepted and part of a family. He has this new identity. He's Mac the holiday dog, and he eats homemade dog food and she. sleeps with Josh and Jenny. It's a she, <laughs> new identity. It's a she, not a he. We thought it was a she because face was so cute in a new name. family. That Mac is a part of this new family, and she is so loved.
0: We should have changed her name, like Saul to Paul.
1: We like totally should have called it her Mackenzie.
0: Change. In name.
1: fact, let's do. We can build this story better, well, we Mac can it. call her. Just her, her real name is Mackenzie, but we call her Mac. But it is really cool when you see it in action. You know what I mean? Do you remember? Like I was like, I wonder if God's like that with us, where He's where He's like drawing us in, drawing us in. Come on, trust me, trust me, trust me. I'm good. I'm bringing you good things. I've blessed you with good things. Do you do acknowledge that it's me? And I think when Mac was in that moment where that gal was gonna take Mac, who knows where? And I swept in and grabbed Mac. Mac finally rested and said, "You know what?" I'm with her. I'm with the one that has provided this for me, that has shown me kindness, that has tried to bring me into the family. I'm going to accept the fact that I'm going to be a part of their family. And it was really neat, you know, the whole bath and the whole letting me pick off ticks and the whole, you know, I mean, he slept on my lap for hours because he rested and he just accepted the fact that this is where I want to be. I want to be at home. I want to be a holiday dog. And now Mac is living her best life. life. That's it. I well, should... should
0: have just started. We should have just told that story. You know
1: whole... what? I really need to work on it. I feel like it was a little jumbly at the beginning, <laughs> but maybe next time I tell this story, it'll I'll be able to nail it. But it was a beautiful story of what Jesus does with us. And so, anyway, this was fun. Go
0: like the podcast. Your approval person, like you know, write write a good report. Yeah,
1: that'd be <laughs> great. I love approval. I still I still love approval. <laughs> Not like I used to, right? <laughs> All right, have a great night. All right, thanks so much for listening to today's episode of Table 40. And you can find our podcast everywhere podcasts are found and at the sportspectrum.com. And if you're looking for a great resource, check out the Sports Spectrum magazine and order your copy today. The magazine has wonderful stories on sports and faith, and it's a perfect gift for kids and a sports fan who loves Jesus. Subscribe today to SportsSpectrum.com. Thanks again for checking out our show, and we will see you next time here on Table 40.